Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm David. I've always worked hard. As a kid, I did paper routes, opened lemonade stands, and mowed our neighbor's lawns to help my parents with money. I was 12 when I lost them. That was when I had to move in with my granny. She was the only family I had left, and she had an even harder time making sure we didn't starve. She was old and was long retired, so sometimes we would go days without water or electricity because we couldn't afford to pay the bills. Meals on Wheels was awesome because they would bring granny a couple meals every day. Unfortunately, I wasn't entitled to one, but granny would always split the meal between us. It always made me cry how she would give me most of it. I promised her I would work hard so we would never have to be hungry ever again. And that's what I just did. I worked three jobs as soon as I was in high school. I was doing a shift at the ice cream shop when I got the call that Granny was rushed to the hospital. And I never saw her again. She left me the house in her will. I guess living a life where money could have made a huge difference taught me to be generous and to work harder than anyone else. And that's why I promised myself when I had my own family, I would work to give them everything they needed. I was generous to my friends, and I was very generous to my girlfriend. Her name's Sally, and we met at the pizzeria I used to work at. I was closing up, and she slipped in just a few seconds before I closed the door. I never liked when people do that. But Sally... <laughs> Sally was pretty and funny and very persuasive. So I made her a pepperoni like she asked, and from that moment on, she was my girl. I loved being with her. The only thing that got in the way was my best friend, Ruby. Sally didn't like her at all. Pretty sure she's jealous of how close we are. Where have you been, babe? I've been calling you for hours. I was at Ruby's. I told you I'd be at Ruby's. Then why won't you text me? Because my phone died because you kept calling me every hour. I swear, one of these days, I will find out what you guys do at Ruby's house. The same thing we do and have done every week, even before I met you. The boys and I like to hang there to play D&D. Remember, I invited you to one and you said it was gross and dorky and you never want to go again. Whatever. I don't like how she looks at you. 
I keep telling her she has nothing to worry about. But every time Ruby and Sally's paths crossed, I swear, Sally would look like she's about to throw down. I mean, I get why she was insecure. Ruby was very, very pretty. Way prettier and way funnier and way more interesting than Sally. But the thing was, we were really just best friends. She was one of the boys, and she was like a little sister to me. Not like I don't show Sally enough how much I loved her. I gave her six out of seven days in the week. I drove to her whenever she needed me. I picked her up and dropped her off to work. And whatever she wanted to get, I would buy for her. That was mainly why Ruby didn't like Sally. You realize she's taking advantage of you, right? What do you mean? She's treating you like an ATM, an Uber driver, and a servant. All rolled up in one convenient package. She doesn't love you. She's using you. It's not like that. Oh, yeah? Has she ever bought you anything? Even something as small as a coffee? No. But, no buts. She's using you and you need to wake up. I didn't want to believe her. But I did get curious. But the moment I brought up the subject with Sally, she blew up on me. She slapped me and ran out of the house and didn't speak to me for a week. When she did talk to me again, it was only because I had bought her the ring she'd been wanting me to buy for her for months. So, I guess I kinda saw Ruby's point. After that fight, Sally became even more forceful with the things she wanted me to spend my money on. If I didn't bring her a gift on every date, she would sulk. And when we passed by a car lot, she went absolutely bonkers when she saw a pristine white G-Wagon there. Please? Please, can we get it? We can sell your old car and share this one, please? I promise I'll be a good girl. I'll even drive you for a change. Wow. She was offering to do something for me? She must really want that car. Nevertheless, I couldn't afford it yet, so I told her I would think about it. Sally threw a tantrum. She didn't talk to me for two weeks. She blocked me everywhere. But then she'd unblock me again and she would send me texts saying it was because of Ruby. You're leaving me for her, aren't you? You haven't even given me flowers in ages. Why aren't you texting me back? Buy me the cart or I'm leaving you. She would send me these texts in the middle of the night. So of course I wouldn't be able to reply. Nevertheless, Sally still insisted that I was ignoring her on purpose. She came back to me because her car got impounded and she had no ride to and from work. That's kind of when I finally realized that my girlfriend was just using me for the things I could give her. So I promised myself one thing. I would become the man who could afford everything she ever wanted in life. I worked long nights and weekends. I took more workload than I ever had. I went to networking events and learned more about the business. I got promoted, and six months later, I got promoted again. I got named Employee of the Year, and Sally was right there with me, flaunting her newest dress and the shiny jewelry she bought with my money. But that night, I didn't go home to celebrate with her. I went to Ruby's, where all my real friends were, where the people who didn't just see me as a bank account were. That was when I finally broke down in front of Ruby. You were right. She... Sally's just using me. I 
don't want to say I told you so, but I found her phone. While I was doing the laundry, she left it open on the bathroom sink. Wait, uh, where's this going? She has another boyfriend, Ruby, and she's been using my money to take him on dates. I cried on Ruby's shoulder that night, and surprisingly for both of us, we ended up kissing. I had trouble sleeping. I couldn't stop thinking about that night. When I kissed Ruby, and she kissed me back, I thought I could never, ever find her attractive. And yet, there I was, spending time with Sally and only being able to think about Ruby. It didn't help that Sally was still insisting that I buy her the G-Wagon. Otherwise, she was going to leave me. I honestly wanted to work it out with her. I didn't want to be unfaithful, but Sally didn't do herself any favors. I told myself if I got the promotion I was hoping to get, that was going to set my plan into motion. That weekend, I got named VP of Sales, and the new position came with a hefty bonus. Suddenly, I could buy the G-Wagon, and then some. So Sally badgered me for it day and night, until one day, I finally said yes. I told her to meet me at a restaurant that was outside of town. It was a really fancy one, and I knew she would do anything to eat there. I didn't drive her, so she took an Uber. It must have cost her a hundred bucks at least, because the place was really far into the countryside. Sally bought a new dress. She was wearing new earrings. She was dressed to the nines. She even had her hair and nails done. I was certain she used my card to buy all those. I checked, and I had the perfect plan that'll catch her off guard. Sally's eyes grew wide as saucers when she realized I'd gotten us the best seats in the house. We had our own private table in the garden, and there were two waiters that just stood there, only serving us. I ordered the most expensive dishes, the rarest of drinks, and after dinner, I told her to follow me. Just outside the garden, there was a huge thing covered in a red cloth. The waiters pulled the cloth off, and there in the middle of the garden was a pristine, pure white G-Wagon trimmed in gold. Sally screamed. Oh my God! You got it! You got it from me! Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you! We should get married! I tingled the keys right in front of her, and she grabbed at them like the hungry, desperate little hyena that she was. Oh, 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 wait a sec. Not so fast. I closed my fist and raised my hand up so the key would be out of her reach. The car's not for you. What? For a second, I saw Sally's true colors show. But then she smiled sweetly again. Of... Of course, it's not just for me. It's for us. For both of us. Congratulations on your new promotion. We can finally get out of that old, dusty house of yours. I smiled. You will, at the very least. Sally's face went blank. Uh, huh? What are you talking about? Ever wondered why your boyfriend on the side never calls or texts you while we're together? Sally couldn't speak. She had no idea I knew. I dialed her number using a burner phone I bought months ago. Her phone rang. She saw that it was the guy she was cheating with. She dropped her phone in shock. But... 
Lance, I met him. I spent a lot of time with him. How did you... I was Lance, Sally. I made him up. I knew you were using me, and I had to find out for myself. The guy you'd been going on dates with is an actor I hired. His real name is Ken, and he's not into girls, so... Sally began to cry. But the car... My dream car! This date! Why would you do this? Car's not for you, sweetie. It's for me and my new girlfriend. And as I said that, the car door opened and out stepped Ruby, looking ten times more beautiful than ever, and sporting a huge diamond ring on her finger. By the way, the stuff you bought for today? I reported it as card fraud. Expect a call from the stores you got those from real soon. Pretty sure they'll want you to pay for all those. And, uh, you're gonna have to find a ride back home. Try the bus. At that, Ruby and I drove into the sunset, leaving Sally there, crying her eyes out. To be honest with you, I don't know why I was at the party. I was happy to be there, but just a little bit confused. I didn't even know the twins. My whole high school life, the only birthday parties I attended were my cousins. I thought they wanted me there to entertain people and do magic tricks. Everyone knew I was obsessed with Houdini. But dang, when Valerie herself took my hand and thanked me for coming, I was over the moon. My name's Clyde, and I've had the biggest crush on Valerie ever since I can remember. She was like... that one girl I dreamed about. And now she was right in front of me, smiling and talking. I still couldn't believe she invited me. Oh, by the way, would you mind coming with me for a sec? I need some help with a surprise for my sisters, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, of course, anything. Was it my lucky day? Great things just kept happening. Never would I have ever thought I'd get alone time with her. And now we were climbing up the attic of her house. Wow. Must be some surprise if it's hidden all the way up here. That was the last thing I remembered. Because the next time I opened my mouth, everything was dark. I could feel the bag shifting around my head as I moved. And when I tried to get my hands to take it off, I realized I was tied up. Something awful must have happened. I panicked. My first thought was Valerie. Was she safe? Did they get her too? Valerie! Valerie! What did you do to her? Please, I'll do anything you want. Just don't hurt Valerie. Silence. And then I heard giggling. A light went on, and then I felt fingertips poking my face through the bag. At least we know he's alive. <laughs> it would be really, really bad if he wasn't. I'm a bit disappointed, though. I thought you'd at least put him in a gift box or a tie ribbon on him. That doesn't matter now. What matters... As he's finally ours. Someone snatched the bag that kept me in the dark, and the sudden flood of light blinded me for a second. I blinked a bunch of times, and then the picture came to focus. There was a single light that only lit up where I lay. The rest of the attic was pure darkness. The twins were lying on the floor next to me, staring at me without blinking even once. And if it wasn't creepy enough, they were dressed up like vampires. Halloween was like... 
six months away. What creeped me out the most was when Isaku stood over us, watching us from the shadows. She had a grin on her face. It was Valerie. No. 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 Y you? I'm so glad you liked my gift, sisters. Now, remember, you have to be careful with him. You don't want to break him or we'll be in big trouble, okay? Fine. Okay, okay, you don't have to nag all the time, alright? Just because you're the oldest doesn't mean we have to do everything you say. That was the first time I saw Valerie get really, really mad. She just exploded out of nowhere. Mom and Dad are gone, so I run the show, alright? And suddenly, the twins grew quiet, and they apologized to her. Great! Now enjoy your birthday present, and don't forget to lock the doors when you leave. Don't want him to escape, do we? Just like that, they were gone. And I was left there in complete darkness. I couldn't sleep at all that night. But I must have dozed at some point, because I woke up to find Valerie shaking my shoulder. Probably want to go home, don't you? I nodded. Well, can't keep you here forever, even though it would be ideal. But then, it'd get us into trouble. So I have these papers for you to sign. Sign them, and you can go. My... my parents will be looking for me. So don't be such a wuss and sign the papers already. But... but... what... why... Uh, why'd you tie me up? What are these papers? So many questions. Just sign the blasted papers already. I didn't give in. I was trembling so hard, I could hear my knees knocking against each other. But I steeled myself and read through the papers before signing. It turned out it was a contract. I would only be allowed to leave if I agreed to date the twins. Valerie wanted me to be their birthday gift, and that was why she took me. It was only meant to be for three months. Ninety days of dating the twins didn't sound so bad considering the price was freedom. But if I didn't honor the agreement... I would waive my right to be free. The twins would own me. Any sign of deception or cheating will cause the contract to restart, and I will automatically become the twins' property. Three months. Ninety days of dating two very pretty twins. It doesn't sound so bad. Even if they were a bit creepy. And weird. At the very least, I could pretend. I mean, nobody's gonna know. How would they know? It turned out, dating two girls at a time was extremely hard, especially when you have feelings for their older sister. Add to that the fact that she kidnapped me to enforce this weird situation, and you've got a confusing soup of emotions. For weeks, I felt like a zombie, just doing the twins' bidding. I would wake up, drive to their house, pick them up for school, and after, I'd drive Mina to watch a movie with her and then I'd have to go and take Tina out for dinner. By the time I'd drive them both to their house, I was exhausted. Too exhausted to even come in and have a bite with Valerie whenever she would ask. So, for weeks, I spent all my time and effort on the twins, all the while wishing I could spend time with their sister instead. Because guess what? The Valerie I thought I knew and the real Valerie were very different people. At school, she's always so prim and proper, and you can never say one bad word about her. The real Valerie had a temper. She shouted, she got annoyed, and she was a bit over the top. I mean, 
Seriously? Capturing me just so she could get me to date her sisters? She could have just asked. I would have done it anyway. I would have done anything for her. Because this? The real Valerie? <laughs> Call me weird and all. But this is the version of her I really liked. One morning as I waited for the twins to come down so I could drive them, Valerie asked me for my help with the laundry. I obliged, of course, so I got down to the basement and rolled up my sleeves, ready to be the hero by lifting all the heavy baskets from my crush. There was a random brick on the door. I kicked it away, thinking it was weird. I closed the door behind me, and then I heard a panicked scream. No! Why would you do that? I put a brick there to keep the door open! That door's been broken for a while. It locks itself. Relax. It's just a door. I'm sure someone has a key somewhere. And that was when Valerie told me that the twins were off on a school trip and that they'd already left before I even got there. How long will they be gone? Three days. I tried my phone. No signal. I tried calling out, but nobody heard. There wasn't even a window down there, so we could never tell what time it was. So we just sat there, drinking from the tap and passing the time by telling stories. Until the third day, when I just broke down and cried. I told Valerie everything I felt. I thought, if those were going to be my last moments, I might as well tell her how I really felt. I saw tears run down Valerie's cheeks. Me? Why me? I'm the plainest of the sisters. And I'm nothing special. Besides, I... I'm useless. And I have a temper. You know, I... I serve my sisters because I owe them. If it weren't for me, Mom and Dad would still be here. They got into an accident. Because I begged them to come home and watch my recital. I hugged her. And then I told her I didn't care what anybody else thought. I love you. I held her. And then Valerie pulled me in and kissed me. That was when the door finally opened. We've been looking for you. No, uh, no, I'm sorry. No, it's not what it looks like. Cheaters! Liars! You need to be punished! Mina dragged me out of there as Tina dragged her sister, and they took us to opposite ends of the house. I was tied up in the attic in a contraption I had only seen on TV before, and Valerie was thrown back into the basement. I had lost my freedom. I violated my contract. And now, I got Valerie into trouble too. I'm sorry! It, it was her! She forced me to kiss her! I promise, I'm loyal to you! I'll do anything you want! If you... If you want, I can guard her so she doesn't escape. Or I'll bring her food so you don't have to. <laughs> Do you think we're dumb, Clyde? Just for that, I'll tie you up tighter tonight. And she did. It hurt my wrists. But guess what? That contraption they tied me to... It was the exact same one Houdini loved to use in his shows. So, as soon as I heard the twins snoring, I slipped out. I tiptoed through the house and rescued my Valerie. And in the dark of the night, we ran out of there 
ran for our lives. I told my parents everything, and they let Valerie stay with us. And then, they told the cops what happened. They let my mom and dad be Valerie's foster parents, and the twins got sent to juvie for what they did. I got to see Valerie every day now that she lived with us, and we fell in love. The story broke the news, and there was a lot of buzz. I mean, you gotta admit, the things that happened to me were too weird not to get attention. I even got to be on TV! And I met my idols. When they heard I was an aspiring magician, they came to visit, gave me free tickets and all that jazz. I met Zach Bling, David Wayne, Justin Jillian, even Ten and Peller came to meet me. They offered me a job, told me they wanted to mentor me. It was the happiest day of my life. Not just because I was getting my dream job with my biggest idols, but mostly because Valerie asked me to marry her. Ever feel like someone's always watching you? You know the feeling, but when you turn around, nobody's there? Well, I get that feeling all the time. I don't even know when it started. All I know is that I've been starting to notice them when I began working for Elaine. I met her during a job fair. Our high school had a booth, and we were there so that us kids could learn what kinds of careers we could go into in the future. I was a computer whiz, and so I knew I wanted to be in an exciting startup or multi-billion dollar firm in Silicon Valley. I didn't even bother looking at the brochure Elaine gave me when I heard her company was offering a position as a back-end developer for a private investigator agency. I was voted most likely to take over Google, and I guess that went to my head a little. But months later, when I failed to secure a position at all the major companies in Silicon Valley, I was brought low. I guess you could say I was humbled. I didn't know the screening process and the requirements would be that stringent, and I didn't want to disappoint my family and my school, so I was seriously considering going to college even though I didn't want to. But then I realized how much money it would cost, and my parents weren't well off at all. I didn't want to work my whole life paying for student loans either. So after weighing my options, I instead applied for a tiny startup at some guy's basement. Their letter arrived the same day that I got a weird envelope from Elaine's private investigator firm. Once again, she offered me a job. She said she had been following my career as an amateur hacker. She must have googled that I had participated in some hackathons in the state. Uh, I ignored her letter again, and I was about to actually sign my new contract with that startup when I took a glance at Elaine's letter and saw something I didn't even notice. At the very bottom of the letter, she wrote a number. I thought it was a phone number at first, so I didn't even see it. But the reason why it looked like a phone number was because of the amount of zeros. She was offering to pay me five times more than I would make at that startup. My hands began to tremble. I had to dial her number three times because I couldn't stop shaking from nervousness. Uh, hello? Henry, I've been waiting for your call. I'm glad you reached out. Uh, hi, Miss Elaine. I, I think there was an error in the letter you sent me. There seems to be too many zeros on this figure. Elaine laughed, and I only then noticed that she had such a beautiful voice. Oh, no, dear. That's what you'll be making if you work for us. There was no error. I couldn't believe my ears. I had to double check. No, triple check. Uh, are you sure? A and and it it'll be in my contract, right? <laughs> of course, sweetheart. Your contract's already drafted and waiting for you to sign it. I felt like I was floating. I felt like I won the lottery. 
Uh, when can I start? Come in at 9 in the morning tomorrow. We wear ties here, so look sharp. You don't have to bring anything. The company will provide you with whatever you need. Laptops, servers, and however many monitors you want. I, I, I look forward to seeing you, Miss Elaine. Uh, th thank you so much for this, this this opportunity. Just call me Elaine. I'm only a few years older than you, after all. I didn't get to sleep that night. I tried, but I was buzzing with excitement. It felt like electricity was rushing through my body. When the clock hit seven, I got up, made myself breakfast, and got ready. I brushed my teeth twice, just to make sure, and I made my way to my new office. It was lucky that I decided to leave an hour earlier, because I had no idea where it was. The place was so tucked away in the middle of Chinatown that you wouldn't have guessed that such a fancy place was in there. The door was this tiny gate that didn't even have a sign. I only found out because I saw someone go in with a package that had the same logo as Elaine's letterhead. The gate led to a narrow alley, which led to a staircase, and when I went up, I realized that the agency was on top of the Chinese restaurant that I stood in front of for a good ten minutes. I guess for a private investigator agency, it really fit the bill. Only, you'd have to be an investigator as well if you wanted to find their offices. Elaine introduced me to my new colleagues. It was a small team. There were maybe four investigators, two clerks, an accountant, and me, the tech guy. But for some strange reason, there were always men and women. Some of them dressed in suits, the other wearing anything from mailman uniforms to gardener's outfits. They would all go through that one strange door at the end of the hall. But then I'd never see them come out. Miss Elaine, what's that door? Oh, that? It's not important. It's some other company. And that was the end of that. I sensed that Elaine wasn't going to tell me more, so I didn't press. The company gave me everything I wanted. When I wanted a new server room installed, they tore down an entire office for me and put in the best equipment and climate control that money could buy. Elaine bought me three laptops, all sporting the absolute latest GPUs that weren't even on the market yet. I coded software for the investigators to use. I developed apps for surveillance and communications. I programmed the software for their bugging and camera technologies that they used in the field. I was even able to create a program that made it easier for them to track a person's whereabouts without installing a tracker. With my work, Elaine's company was able to easily identify and find missing persons and other people who were on the run. I'm sure I'll get in trouble for saying this, but when we badly needed to find someone, I would hack into the street cameras in the city's CCTV network, and then I would use my very own facial recognition software to quickly rifle through millions of frames to find them. For the nastier persons of interest, I would fish them. Sometimes it'd be an official-looking announcement or someone trying to tell them they'd want something. We got the bad guys every single time. My desk was massive, and I had six monitors. I felt like the real deal. But that was when the strange occurrences began. One time, when I was standing by the water cooler waiting for my turn, the hairs on the back of my neck picked up. I quickly looked behind me and saw that the camera CCTV was staring right at me. I stared into it, confused. I swear that thing's looking at me. Uh, sorry, what? I looked back at the camera, only to find it facing the other direction. I shook my head in confusion. N nothing. I was just imagining things. It didn't stop there, though. There were times when I'd be the only one left in the office, and I'd get that feeling again. The one where you feel someone's looking at you. But when I looked outside the windows, when I checked every room in the office, there was nobody else. One evening, I had to run out of there, because all the cameras in the room began pointing towards me. It was so creepy.
But even at home, I didn't feel safe. I would lay awake at night just listening to the noises because I felt like someone was following me. One time, I swear I heard a camera click, but when I looked outside my window, there was nothing. Just an owl sitting on a tree. Some days, I would wear dark sunglasses, wear hats, and the most boring of jackets just to blend into the crowd and avoid someone following me or recognizing me. Once, I could have sworn I caught someone with a camera following me, and that was when I began having my theories. I'd always wondered why I felt so special. Why my life was like a movie. Like it was all fake. And then I realized it is. My life is probably a movie. And that was why there were cameras following me. Another theory I had was that the government was watching me. It kept me up at night. They probably know that I was hacking into their systems for our company. And I was so scared that they'd one day jump out of the bushes and arrest me. My last theory was a bit more far-fetched, but if it wasn't either of the first two, I thought it would be that. I theorized that I was living in a simulation. It was probably why things felt too easy, and maybe that door at the back of the office was a glitch. People kept going in, but they never came out. And then there was Elaine's office. I knew that glass panel was a two-way mirror. I could tell. So one random day, I decided to find out for myself. What was in her office? Was it just a normal office? Was it a producer's room for my life's movie? Were the government agents hiding there? Or was it just a bunch of wires supporting our simulation life? All I knew is that that secretive room had all the answers. So I got up from my desk and opened the door. My colleagues all stood up at the same time and tried to stop me. But it was too late. In that room was Elaine. There were hundreds of monitors. The largest of them showed my empty desk. There were at least 20 of them showing various areas of my house. One of them was walking through a crowded street. Another was just outside the Chinese restaurant. I, I knew it. They were producing the movie of my life. I was so ready to blurt it out when Elaine panicked and confessed to everything. I... I'm so sorry. I brought you here because I have a huge crush on you. I, I wanted to know your every move, but I couldn't bring up the courage to tell you. I've been watching you since we met on that hackathon five years ago. I'm calling the cops. Please, please don't. It's all my fault, but please, I'll lose my job. Finally, I had something to bargain with. I'd wanted to know what that door at the end of the hall was, and Elaine finally confessed. Our agency was fake. The door at the end of the hall was the entrance to a secret government facility. They enter at the door and come out of a tunnel two blocks away. And all this time, I had been working as a spy. No wonder I was earning so much. Elaine was my handler, and after that day, she finally took me through that door. And I became a real spy. Now, Elaine and I work on international cases. I still catch her watching me sometimes, but it doesn't bother me anymore. Especially now that she's my girlfriend. Let me tell you a secret. I have remained on my own for the past 10 years or so. I may have had a girlfriend here and there, but I mostly remained alone in my apartment for all this time. No friend, no contact. Yet I had no idea that this would put the conditions for a life that I never imagined possible. For 10 years, I've worked hard, not taking a holiday, remaining alone with my computer, trying to hustle and make it. I eventually became close to a millionaire and I bought my own apartment. It's a beautiful one and one of the best in the city. By a matter of fact, I turned out to be very successful and rich guy, but I lacked major social skills. Also, I was extremely introverted, so much so that when I was out, I'd be invisible or I wish to be invisible. Does that feel relatable? On a rainy night, I felt so exhausted that it seemed like I hadn't slept for a week. 
but still I couldn't find sleep. I perked up as I heard a scratchy noise at the door. I stood up and ran towards it, wondering if I was getting robbed. I was stunned to see a letter laying there on the ground. Someone had slipped me a message. I took it and opened it with defiance. I read in small letters, Thank you for saving my life yesterday. Let me know what I can do to thank you. My name is Elsa, by the way. You didn't ask. Your neighbor. I didn't remember last night. I had a blackout around 11 p.m. and thought I had fallen asleep. My neighbor? I have only one neighbor on my floor. I live in a premium condominium with very few and I heard very influential people. I had never met her. I opened the door and went to my neighbor's. Knock, knock. The door opened to a small blonde woman of about 28 years old. She looked at me like I was a hero. I received a strange letter under my door. Did you get one like this by any chance? Now, I know you were courageous, but I had no idea you also had a great sense of humor. Please come in. Let me get you some tea. You look terrible. Thanks, I guess, but I still don't know where this comes from. She drug me inside and started to prepare a cup. I told her I couldn't remember anything of the events, and she had a hard time believing me. Apparently, I was out in the middle of the night when she got bothered by a bunch of strange-looking fellows. I appeared out of nowhere, like the Black Knight, and kicked everyone's ass. She almost didn't have time to see who saved her, but she somehow recognized me. She told me I didn't tell her a word and disappeared into the darkness. I asked her how she recognized me, and she admitted that she had been stalking me in the past by pure curiosity of who was living next to her. She had spotted my tattoo on the back of my neck. I couldn't believe it, so it was me. I was so shocked that I had to leave her apartment, otherwise I'd go through a panic attack. I left the building and went to the closest club to unwind. As I sat there at the bar drinking some ice-cold water to try and refresh my mind, I couldn't help but to address the woman next to me. I hadn't done this in years. Hey ma'am, how are you doing tonight? Get out of my face, you loser. Actually, I wanted to let you know you have lipstick on your teeth. You may want to give it a look. She looked at me in shame and ran to the bathroom. I had a smirk on my face and was about to reach for my water when a girl on the left just sat and ordered the same water as me. So we're drink buddies tonight. Ready for a wild night? I held my water up in the sky and toasted my new friend. Right. I need to recover from last night, and it's the only place that lets me cure my insomnia. By the way, what did you tell this girl that ran away from you as if you were a ghost? Oh, I told her she wasn't up to my standard, and now look at her. She's staring at us from afar with her friends. I can see that. What do you have going on that's so attractive? I was about to answer when my neighbor popped in the conversation from behind me. He's a hero. He saved my life. I was in shock to hear that, but my surprise only grew when she started depicting the mysterious events out loud in the club. The girl at the bar was now in absolute admiration over me, and my neighbor just looked jealous about us being together at the bar. Elsa sat between the two of us and turned to my water buddy. So, what else do you have going on in your life, besides your looks? Elsa, your face is too kind for such mean words. You're right. She's so perfect. She should fly in the sunshine like an angel, and eventually burn her wings. Alrighty then, I'm going to head out before this degenerates into a cat fight. Ladies, please enjoy your night without me. I headed out to the door under the upset look of the two girls when a girl screamed at me. Hey, you! I didn't have lipstick on my teeth, so you owe me an apology. For this, I'll take your name and your number. Call me Big Papa. That's how I left. I felt strange, like a new version of myself had appeared overnight since Elsa told me about the event I can't recall. I'm having a secret life, one that's hidden even from myself. I came back home and without having a time to reflect on what happened, I fell asleep from utter exhaustion. I woke up the day after at 5pm. I really needed that break. 
As a lot of us do, the first thing I do in my morning is to check my phone. There were messages from an unknown number. Big Papa, it was great that you came back for us at the bar yesterday. We're excited to meet you today for the coffee you promised. Attached to the message was a picture of myself surrounded with beautiful girls in a club I never recall stepping foot into. So I did it again. I stood up and knocked on Elsa's door. Elsa, open up. I need to talk right now. Elsa slowly opened the door. Hey, you scared me. What's going on? What do you mean, what's going on? What happened yesterday? Nothing. I went to sleep soon after you left the bar. Then I saw you from afar on my way back. But you didn't notice me and walked straight past at a fast rate. It seems like I went back to the club, but I was sleepwalking again. I showed her my phone with the messages and picture. She was stunned and looked amazed at me. The city's hero is out again. What if I'm also a villain? You don't look like one. She dragged me in her apartment, looked at me, and declared, I wanted to thank you. I know you have money and you don't need much, but what can I do for you? Oh, uh, thanks. Nothing really. Maybe just help me understand what's wrong with me. Okay. Actually, I already thought about it. I'm calling my security team. They will install cameras all over your place. Also, take this. It's a tracker to keep around your wrist. It'll track your every movement and also your brainwaves. It's an advanced tech. This way, I'll be able to check in on you and see how far you're going. How do you feel? Tired. Okay, sleep on my couch. Meanwhile, my teams will install the security devices. When I woke up, I actually felt rested. Could it be that my neighbor's presence was calming me down and impeaching me to live through my sleep? I got back to my apartment, but I couldn't see cameras. Elsa told me they installed the latest tech. Surely this means micro cameras have been distributed everywhere. So my really pretty neighbor was now stalking me with several cameras. What other madness could happen? I had no idea. I was exhausted and I closed my eyes to fall asleep. A moment later, I opened them. I was on a plane. My neighbor was sitting next to me in first class. I looked at her in panic. What's going on here? Oh, so you're awake. Good morning. Turns out you didn't sleep at all. A few minutes after your bedtime, you suddenly got up and got dressed and headed out to the airport. I followed you with a cab and hopped in the same plane as you. And we are now on the way to Italy. Italy? But why? Only time will tell. Long story short, it turns out that my subconscious told me to go to Italy because my family was living there. With the help of Elsa, I was able to find my true origins. Not only that, I actually arrived in time to save my parents from being robbed by the Southern Italian Mafia. I probably saved their life this very day. Now I am living with Elsa and my family in the very southern part of Italy. Turns out my grandfather also was in the Italian mob. Therefore, I was automatically admitted inside of it. And they do want to make me the leader of it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.